Um, weather outside, as we were pulling in, I was kind of noticing um, kind of this dense fog-looking thing that was happening. It reminded me of uh, just a random fact that I came across. Don't ask me why, but all of a sudden it kind of hit, and then it reminded me of today's message, so I figured, hey, why not start it off that way? Um, it was actually the, um, I don't know, some government agency. I can't remember what it was, but and I don't know why they do this, why they come up with like random statistics. Like a random statistic to find out how much condensation is actually in fog. Why? Who, who needs to know that? Well, apparently we need to know that today and it's somehow going to tie into today's message because a, apparently this study says that if you took a dense fog that is a hundred feet deep covering seven city blocks, there is less condensation than one glass of water inside all of that. It ties in because I found another statistic that just came from a study. I believe it was actually a University of Pennsylvania that did this last year. They studied people and their worry. And so what they did is they had these study participants write down every two hours the things that they had been worrying about. And just in case they weren't doing it, they were sending out text messages to remind them, hey, journal down your worries over the last two hours. And then at the end of the day, they would upload all of this info to them. And over a 30-day period, they actually figured out how many of these worries were real and were valid, how many of them actually had an impact, how many of their worries turned out better than they had thought, or how many were as bad as they thought or worse than they thought. And they did this all by measurable stuff. So it's not like they said, oh, hey, I'm going to get cancer sometime in my life. I mean, there's no real way of measuring that. But, oh, I am going to fail my exam this week. Or, I'm going to get fired when I go to work tomorrow because I keep showing up late. These are things that could be measured, right? So they measured all of this. And at the end of their study, they found that 91% of the worries never actually happened. Nothing happened. And of the remaining 9%, a third of it actually turned out better than what they had expected. So just like we would have all of this fog out there and the actual size, measurable size of that fog that is clouding our vision and preventing us from seeing what's really going on in the world amounts to less than a glass full. And I would venture to say that if we could actually calculate the actual size of all of our worry, it would amount to less than a glass full. And yet we spend so much time worrying we continue to worry and worry and worry about everything and anything. So I want to start off by asking you some questions. If you want to answer them out loud, go ahead, but you may not want to. You know, you might start telling on yourself. So if you want to just answer them internally, go right ahead. Uh, if, <laughs> please don't tell on others. Um, if you worry... Can you add time to your life? If you worry, 
Can you take time off of your life? Is there anything that you value more than life itself? And will worrying benefit that thing that you value more than life itself? I ask these because if it won't add or contribute any value to your life, and yet it's likely that it's going to actually take time off of your life, stop it. Just stop worrying. There's the message. I'm done. <laughs> but really, that's like, that's, that's it. Stop worrying. And yet, there are books that have been written about this. There are sermons that have been written about this. I've preached many that are about this. And yet, somehow, for all of humanity, we keep worrying. We just keep doing it. We know we shouldn't do it, but we do it anyways. And it's probably because we don't know how. And really, if I just came in and I was like, just stop worrying, just stop it. Just stop, stop. Now, stop. Stop. If I did that, I don't know if that would really be helpful. If Jesus did that, I don't know if it would have really been helpful. And Jesus told us not to worry, but the thing that we miss is Jesus showed us how not to worry. And yet we always miss it. And yet, if you go to any bookstore and you start to look at all of the books on worry, I mean, there's a ton of them. People are making a good living off of writing books about worry. And yet, the ones that actually have solutions in it are based in what Jesus said. They may not actually come out and admit it, and they may twist his words around and paraphrase a lot of what he's saying, but it's essentially the same thing. And essentially, at the same thing, it's just stop it. But if we just say, stop it, then, I don't know, it feels like we're discounting the fact that, you know what, maybe my situation is bad. And maybe there's actually a lot of uncertainty in my life, and I'm not going to be fine. Maybe I do have reason to be concerned. See, Jesus isn't saying that everything is going to be fine. He never said that. If he did, that would be denial. Jesus didn't say that, oh, your situation isn't bad at all. If he said that, that would be denial. And Jesus didn't say that there's no reason to be concerned whatsoever. If he had said that, well, denial. Jesus didn't say anything. However, if Jesus is correct, that our situation can be bad, and that things won't necessarily be fine, and that we may actually have reason to concern, but we can still stop worrying. Isn't that something we should desire? Recognizing that the reality is still here, but yet we can have a bad situation and still not worry. There can still be uncertainty in our future, in our world, in our economy, in our life, in our marriage, in our employment. This can all be chaos but I don't have to worry about it. Does that not sound like a good plan? Like a good solution? Like uh, sign me up for that one? If, if I can see everything that's going on in Washington, D.C. and not have to worry about it at all, not lose any sleep or thought about it, yes, please. Where is the dotted line? I would like to attach my name to it. But 
how do you stop worrying? Well, I'll just be honest. You don't stop worrying by stop worrying. Any more than you can stop thinking about something by stop thinking about something. Or any more than you can actually go to sleep by going to sleep. It's like, no, that doesn't work. And yet Jesus isn't even telling us that. Interestingly, when you think about the Jewish people, when you think about who Jesus' primary audience was in that day, they had a lot to be concerned about. They had a lot of uncertainty in their times, and their situation was not the best of situations. I mean, quite frankly, Israel still isn't in the best of situation. I mean, everybody around you wants to murder you. That's little room for concern. But yet, in the midst of their situation, in the midst of this time, Jesus launches into this discussion about worry. And I want us to pick this up in Matthew chapter 6, and I want us to see what it is that Jesus actually says. And I'm believing that, just like myself, you are going to see something in here that you have never seen before. That you're going to draw a connection that you've maybe never drawn before. And yet I should have seen this. I, I should have recognized it. I should have noticed it. I just didn't. I didn't draw the connection. Never passed, never crossed my mind. <clears throat> in Matthew chapter <clears throat> 6, if we start up with verse 25 is where we normally start. And I don't know if your Bible's anything like mine, but you've got these little like chapter headings. And I usually start a message on worry right here where it says, do not worry. Because, well, I mean, if it says do not worry, good place to start, right? And so I typically start there with verse 25. And then I'm like, therefore, I say to you. But this week, as I was studying, I was like, hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. When did that therefore actually show up there? Because I don't remember ever seeing that therefore before. I, I don't remember. I've always started preaching right there. And yet I'm one of those that if you've been around any given period of time, you've heard me say every time there is a therefore, you need to look before. Because it's really a thought about what just came before it. And yet I'm looking at this. I was like, I, how was that therefore never jumped off the page at me before? All right, so there's something before this therefore, so let's look at what is before the therefore. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Some translations will say money. Really, that word mammon, here's what it means. Stuff. It, it means stuff. Things, treasure, riches, including money. It's just the things. And then he says, therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life. Now, no, hold on. Hold on, Jesus. Hold on for a second. You're saying, don't worry about your life. But right before you said, don't worry about your life, you're telling me that I can't serve two masters. What does my worry have to do with serving two masters? What does my worry have to do with this? But then I'm looking at it, and it also says that you can't serve the two masters because you can only really love one of them. You'll love one and you'll hate one. You can't serve God and things. 
What does this have to do with the things that I'm worried about? Hmm. Wait a second. Is Jesus saying that my worry is tied to my devotion? Is Jesus saying that my worry is a form of worship for the wrong thing? Because all of a sudden I have now been consumed with these things to the point that all I'm doing is worrying about it. Verse 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So I'm looking at this and I'm like, Jesus is saying, you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one, you're going to hate the other. You cannot serve God and these things. These things that he then says, don't worry about your life. In other words, you want to know what things you shouldn't be worrying about? Don't worry about what you're eating, what you're drinking. Don't worry about your body. Don't worry about what you're putting on. Don't worry about your wearing. Don't worry about any of this thing. Don't worry about your money. Don't worry about your finances. Don't worry about the stuff. And I'm thinking about this and I'm like... I'm seeing this. I'm seeing a direct connection and a direct parallel between our worry and our devotion. Our worry and our worship. Our worry and who or what we are serving. I'm like, I, I don't, I maybe don't get this. And all of a sudden, God starts to ask me a question. And he's like, hey, you know, the people at your church that I've entrusted you to care for? Yeah. Do you worry about them? All right, so here's where I get to tell on myself. You ready? No. I don't worry about you guys. I don't worry about your health. Now, if you're sick, if you're ill, if you're in the hospital, do I have concern about that? Absolutely. Do I pray? Absolutely. But am I losing sleep worrying about you stubbing your toe. No. Newsflash. I'm not worried about what school your kids get into. I'm not worried about their grades. I really don't care. It doesn't process. It, like, it doesn't occupy any space in my mind. I'm not worried about your job. I'm not worried about the raise you're going to get. I'm not worried about your retirement. I'm not worried about your mortgage. You know what? I am not worried about, I don't know, the, the finances of Lithuania. Like, I'm just not worried about that stuff. And why am I not worried about your family? Why am I not worried about your children? Why am I not worried about your retirement? Why am I not worried about your home? Why am I not worried about your health? Because I'm not devoted to it. it it's not where my devotion is. I'm not devoted in such a way that I'm serving those things. And because of that, I don't worry about it. But if you're worrying about it, then you are devoted to it. You're devoted to seeing that your kids get good grades. You're devoted to making sure that you have a great retirement package so you can, you know, 
take off when you retire to like Barbados or something. It's like, these are the things that you're concerned about. These are the things that you worry about. These are the things that you lose sleep over. I don't. I don't. I don't lose any sleep over that. It, it doesn't really affect me in that way that I'm losing time off of my life. Now, if I asked you, do you worry about your food? Like, are, are you going to worry that there's something to eat today? Are you worried that you, know, you don't have any clothes to wear while we're all sitting right here? No. We don't worry about that, but yet in other parts of the country, in other parts of the world, that might be a worry. They may be devoted to those things. They may be occupying their time with that. But when I look at this, it's like the end of verse 25. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Well, absolutely. Life is more than just what I eat. Life is more than just my work. Life is more than just my kids. Life is more than just my marriage. Life is definitely more than just the politics. Some people may disagree, but life is more than that. Is every one of those things, are, are they all a part? Well, yes, but it's not life. And it sure shouldn't be where my devotion is. It sure shouldn't be where I'm putting all of my attention at. Here's the thing about your devotion. Your devotion will direct your emotion. So whenever you're devoted to the things that cause worry, well, guess what? Worry is the emotion. Worry is the byproduct of it. But when your devotion is in the right place, it's not serving mammon, but it's serving God, well, all of a sudden, the emotion that follows that devotion is an emotion of worship, not worry. It's an emotion of praise. It's an emotion of joy. It's an emotion of peace and comfort. Not worry. I mean, think about, isn't your life more than just a job? Isn't your life more than just getting into the right school or college? Or isn't your life more than just getting married or having children? Yes, these are important things, but your life is so much more than that. So why are we worried about that as if our worry could actually change the outcome? Israel's going through this. The Jewish people are having an issue. They're worried. Jesus sees that they're worried, so he launches into this to conversation, and he's like, hey, uh, you're worshiping these things, and that's why you're worried about them. This is what you're devoted to. Verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. Now, just hold on. Sometimes I love just trying, if I can, to put myself back in that day and time, in that situation. And imagine, there's this group of people. Multitudes have surrounded Jesus. And they're all worried. And he can see their worry. And he just steps back and he's like, hey, look at the birds. I mean, if I'm a guy that's worried, I'm like, no, Jesus, no, I'm not going to look at the birds. I'm trying to tell you about my retirement. I don't know what I'm going to do in 10 years. Jesus, I don't care about the birds. I care about my health. Jesus, I don't want to look at the birds. 
Jesus is like, hey, look at the birds. What does he say about the birds? They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. <laughs> I love this. Jesus, no, I'm worried about my retirement. And he's like, yeah, I see you're worried about the retirement, but you know the birds? Like, they don't work as hard as you do. You work. You're sowing and reaping. Great job. They don't store it into barns. You're storing up your retirement into the barns. Great job. They don't do that. And what does he say? Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Are you not of more? Jesus, they're not retiring. Hey, newsflash, you aren't either. Oh, sure, 10, 15, 20 years, or maybe you already have. But you're not right now, so why are you worried about it right now? See those birds? You know, you know the thought that they have? Burr, it's cold. Let's go south. That, that's their thought. It's like, it's cold. They're not worried about, oh, do we, have to, do we have to make sure that the heating bill is paid on time so we don't get that late notice? No, they're just like, nah, it's cold. I'm going to go that way. Just abandon my home. I'll come back and now build a new one. And what are they doing? They're flying around like, ooh, a pretty little red string. I should make a home out of this. Wait a second, didn't I do this last year? And it's like, we're all concerned about our kids and how they're going to turn out. You know what birds do with their kids? Build a nest as high as they can, and they're like, hey, you ready? <laughs> Have fun. You're on your own. Just shh. And God loves them and takes care of them. They have no worries, no concern. I'm not worried if they're going to fall. You're either going to figure out how to fly or you're not. That, that's, that's it. Guess what, little birds? You're on your own. <laughs> they're not worried about this. Birds, do not worry. And yet God loves them. The question that Jesus asks is the question we need to be asking ourselves. Does God not value us more than them? This is where you can answer the question. Does God not value you more than the birds? Yeah, okay. Hey, let's, let's try this. You ready? Here's a repeat after me. Say, I am, I am more, valuable more valuable to God, to God than, birds. than birds. All right, you said it. I hope you believe it. And yet, see, we sow, and we reap, and we gather up, and we save, and we try to take care of the kids and not kick them out of the house. I mean, if we do, we make sure they have a soft landing. We do all of things. And, and Jesus isn't saying, oh, shame on you for sowing and reaping and storing up in barns. He's like, no, you did a great job. You sowed, you reaped, you stored up. That's amazing. But why are you worrying about it? You've done more than the birds, and yet God still worries or cares for them. He still values them. Does he not value you more than them? And yet you've done more. But yet we still don't get it. You see, Jesus' point is that you, you don't, it's like not, his point isn't that you don't have to try. He's not saying, don't try to work hard. Don't try to get a good job. Don't try to leave your kids with the best they have. Don't try to have a nice retirement. He's not saying that. He's not saying, don't try. He's saying, don't worry. 
That's what he's saying. Don't worry. You can do what is in your ability and then just trust God with everything else. I, I, I don't know if you knew that. This is not just for you to know it. This is permission for you to do it. Do your best and then just trust God with the rest. Don't, don't figure it out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. So we say that. And then people are like, oh, well, that's just too easy. It's too simple. It can't be that easy. You don't know all of the complexities of my life. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, here's an idea for you. Answer these questions. Let's start in verse 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, have you been able to worry and gain 18 inches in height? Nope. That would be a no. Okay. Uh, so why do you worry about your clothes? Why? Why? I love this. He even goes on there in verse 28. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I, hey. I have this tendency, and my wife will admit this, and I have a tendency to be a little concerned, a little worried about what I wear. Life was pretty miserable a couple years ago because I was so worried. What am I going to wear? What am I? And I realized, you know what? This is a bunch of stress in my mind that is only going to take years off of my life. So here's what I decided to do. Stop worrying about it. Does it cover up my belly? Does it cover up my bum? Well, guess what? It's good enough for me. And then I decided, I like the way this looks. I'm going to go buy five of these same things, and I'm just going to wear it. So I don't have to worry about it. What are you going to wear today? Same thing I wore yesterday. What are you going to wear tomorrow? Same thing I wore today. And then I don't have to worry about it. Oh, what are, you, what are you going to wear to church? Same thing I wore yesterday, but I'm going to put on my suit jacket. <laughs> that's it. And I got two of these, and I, that's the biggest worry I have when finding something to wear. It's like, ooh, do I want the gray one or the purple one? I don't care. Grab one. That, that's, that's it. I got a white shirt. I got a black shirt. That's pretty much it. I just, Why? Because if God will take care of everything out there, even Solomon, get this, even Solomon in all of his glory and splendor, the wealthiest man the world has ever seen, and by any fashion standards, nobody could touch what Solomon looked like. And Jesus is like, even that pales in comparison to what God has done out there in the grass. So you're worried about how good you look? Well, guess what? You don't look as good as the grass. Stop worrying about it. God didn't even need to put clothes on them. It's like, this is, this is where it's at. We've got to be able to get this through our head. And here we come down to it. Verse 30. Now, if God clothes the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow it's thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you... Of little faith. Oh, you 
of little faith. And now all of a sudden this has come full circle because worry is now being confirmed that this is a faith issue. Worry is a faith issue. If you are worrying, you have weak and little faith. And you want to know why you have little faith when you worry? Because your worry is a form of worship. But you're not worshiping our big God. You're worshiping the little God of self and all of my things. And when you're worshiping a little God, it can only be attached to a little faith. Jesus is saying, you are of little faith. Stop worrying about it. Stop worrying about it. If you want to know how to stop worrying, it's really not that hard. If your worry is attached to your devotion and your devotion is to all of these things, change your devotion from all of the things and change your devotion to God. And when you're devoted to God, you can't worry. Uh, really? What? Here's, here's some more questions. Ready? Q&A. Answer, yes or no questions. You ready? Has your life changed? Yes. Has our world changed? Yes. Is the economy changing? Yes. Has the education system changed? Yes. Have your finances changed? Yes. Has God changed? No. No. You see, when we're worrying about things, it's because all of the things keep changing. But if you are worshiping God who doesn't change, there's no need to worry. Because he remains the same. And there's no need for worry. Jesus didn't just come in and be like, uh, you don't need to be concerned about these things. He's like, no, just don't worry about them. Don't let them occupy your thoughts. Don't let them occupy your energy and don't let them occupy your worship and your devotion. Stop worrying. Start worshiping. Stop worrying about the things. Start worshiping your Savior. You see, we find ourselves in this tumultuous time. Yes, that was a big $5 word that I used today. I've been holding on to that one all week. We live in this time where everything is full of uncertainty and we don't know what's going on. And I mean, you got people that are like, oh, we know who's going to be in the White House in a few days. And others are like, no, we don't. And there's just all this uncertainty. We're like, oh, we know where the economy's going. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, we know that there's a vaccine rolling out or is there? All of this stuff is up in the air and people will be worried about it when people are giving their attention and their devotion to it. But if their attention and their devotion is on God, there's no need to worry. Eh, it'll happen when it happens. God cares for me more than he does the birds. And if he took care of the grass out in the fields, he'll take care of me. He hasn't changed. See, here's the thing. It's like as we get older, we start to worry more. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like we have become dumber because we just forget the fact that God already helped take care of us yesterday. And he's taking care of us now. But we're concerned that he's not going to take care of us in the next now? In tomorrow? What has ever given us the thought that he won't be there and he won't help us? Nothing. We need to be devoted to God. We need to worship God. 
And we need to stop worrying. 